Hi, and welcome to Mouse Chat. Lisa and joining me, I've got the whole crew. I've got Lauren, Sharpie, and Steve. Hello, Lisa. Hello, Steve. Hi. Hiya. Hiya. Howdy, Lisa. Howdy, Sharpie. You guys are all such different moods. <laughs> <laughs> I'm doing well. Doing well. Um, I could use a cookie or something, though. I need something sweet. Yeah, if you could wait a couple days and get something at Disney. Mm-hmm. That would be good. Chiro, here I come. <laughs> That'll be nice. Well, and we'll have a dessert party. So there we go. You're going to get me some stuff, right? Yeah, I'll I'll get right on that, Lauren. You're going to smuggle gonna me over. cupcakes out to us, Lisa? I'll, I'll put them in Steve's pocket. <laughs> yeah, I'll put them in my pocket with a fork. Yes, because Steve is very good at being nonchalant. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Like, hold on. You should totally sneak us some cupcakes, Lisa. I will do what I can. You know I'm not sneaking you anything. Why? Come on now. I'll Facebook Live. If you loved me, you would do it. (sighs) I do love you. However, I would like to be invited back to Disney. And and not you picked could be out. Like, I have to go to the bathroom. I'm gonna take the cupcake with me to eat in the bathroom. I eat, I don't see what the problem is. I enjoy cupcakes most in the bathroom. Right. <laughs> there there is literally no better place to eat a cupcake. Hmm. Okay. Two words, Lisa. Research purposes. Exactly. In the bathroom. How good does a cupcake taste in the bathroom? That's disgusting. Let's just move on. <laughs> Shall we? Ay, ay, ay. All right. So uh, what are we talking about? We are doing some listener questions. Yay. Where's my backup? Yay. Thank you. Whee! All right. That's the way I like it. Steve, are you engaged? I'm excited. Listener <laughs> questions. Yeah, I, I, Very we, excited. We posted earlier today on uh, Mouse Chat on both our Facebook page and our Facebook group. So if you're not a fan over there, go ahead and join. And then uh, we're pulling questions from there. Well said. So let me pull up our questions. And we're going to get through as many as we can in a reasonable amount of time. And hopefully uh, get through them all. We got some good questions. I love that you guys always have different new questions. And honestly, everything is new right now because we're coming out of this COVID era. and that was era, not error. <laughs> Either way, it works. Uh, so let's get started. This first one is from Stephanie Denny. And she says, crossing my fingers that in-person races come back soon. Do you guys ever offer the packages that include run Disney race registration so that I don't have to try to get in the day that registration opens to the general public? Sharpie, are you our, our race guru? Yes. All right. Uh, as Pixie Vacations, we have never offered a race bib package. Um, and not knowing the exact details of the January marathon, which is rumored. By the way, we are recording this episode on Tuesday, June 29th in the evening. Uh And it is rumored that on June 30th, the announcement will be made about the January marathon. Maybe it's true. Maybe it's not. Um, But it is here is the, the best summary of rumors that I can provide on the topic. There will be from what I've gathered, approximately 25% of normal race capacity released in a wave one. It is unconfirmed whether preference will be given for those who who had a past race cancellation. Unsure on that one. Hmm. Uh, Which those people should probably know already, right? Uh, 
one would not think. necessarily. It's oh. it, it's kind of that was because they there has actually been no official announcement Got about it. the January twenty twenty two race. Uh, there was a a web blip that happened on the Run Disney website uh, that posted some dates that seemed to be about right, give or take a few days. Uh, but it was definitely taken down very quickly. So it was only up for, I don't even think it was up for a full hour. But rumor has it that there will be an in-person live race, not a virtual race, in January of 22. Yay! It's it's very exciting because the Run Disney community is very passionate. They love the Disney races. There's no, like, especially for a Disney fan, there's no race like a Disney race. It's just in a class by itself. Um, so stay tuned for details. We'll, we'll definitely report whenever the full details are available. Um, but it is not likely that that Pixie will be offering race bib packages. We have typically not done that in the past. No. It's kind of tricky to do. Uh, you have to purchase all of the bibs up front. And as a travel agency, uh, and correct me if I'm wrong. Especially coming I, off of COVID. <laughs> um, actually, Sharpie, I know where you're going and things have changed. The policy has changed. But but the the bib purchase price is the same, correct? It is, yes. Yeah. So so essentially, the agency pays the going rate for the bib. So there's no discount to the agency. So okay. essentially, what we and and correct again, correct me if I'm wrong. What we buy, I'll try. <laughs> we have to use. Okay, so correct. that's where things have changed. Uh, okay, so I believe. Yeah, it is. It is. So my understanding is in the last maybe two or three years, agencies are no longer required to pre-purchase. They may, but they're not required to pre-purchase bibs. If you have a client who wants to do a run Disney race, you can call in on the sports line and you can book a, a race bib in conjunction with a package. It does need to be a package with minimum this and that. But we've, yeah, we've always been able to do that though. No. No, we did not used to be able to do it five years ago. Uh, oh. You had to be an authorized agency and you had to pre-purchase bibs. And so that's why there were only like 10 or 15 agencies from whom you could buy these bibs. And they were the, they were the pillars in the run Disney community because oh. they're the ones that had them. And it's a huge investment. Yeah, it's a huge investment. And you... Well, you, I've been doing it for a while. Yeah, that's It shouldn't good. be too long it's i've been doing a couple years at least i would buy a couple years yeah but i think about five years ago it was the pre-purchase and this is years ago when we looked into it yeah and and we had uh we helped other agencies mm -hmm. in the past did have bibs get rid of big bibs because um if they don't sell them all they eat the cost yeah we uh like behind the scenes in the agency travel agency community uh there is sharing of bibs and it's it's very nice but you know someone in the end is was responsible for the cost of those bibs that were pre-purchased so it was it was a risky business uh, essentially you needed to be in connection in the circles with all the run clubs and and the runners and and have a following and if you had say 100 people that you thought wanted it you would probably buy 80 knowing that some wouldn't do it uh just to protect yourself so it became that's why it's so hard to get bibs because it it it's always been a where can i get one where can i get one it's almost like beanie babies mm -hmm. which is nuts <laughs> yeah or or currently squishmallows Right? Mm-hmm. It's scary to me that I don't even know what that is. They're adorable. They're squishy. Yeah, and adorable. And they're adorably squishy. And oh, boy. Squishily adorable? Mm-hmm. <laughs> All right, moving on. 
Um, so yeah, currently any agency can book a run Disney bib slash package. At least that was two years ago. And uh, we didn't have to make that huge commitment, but you also didn't know if you'd be able to get a bib. So it was always the, it was always difficult to get anything in January, uh, getting a dopey, getting the big races princess was hard. Um, so it, it was simply potluck. So is there a, I'd love, I'd love to know how it is now. So maybe we'll do some follow-up on this. I don't think much information is out, but it is something I can check on. What's next? All right. So, yeah, that's, that's my answer. <laughs> so, yeah. So stay tuned. We'll, we'll provide updates and... Yeah, sorry, Stephanie. That wasn't really Informa information as 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 available. Yeah, it's not the solid answer you were hoping for. So now we're going to go to Heather Gooden, and she writes, hoping to have a big extended family vacation next fall to celebrate my parents' fiftieth anniversary. And she had the proper use of a possessive apostrophe. When should we seriously start the booking process? Right now, not all resorts are open like Riverside. So is it better to wait a bit longer until hopefully those open? As a follow-up, this would be cross-generational with young kids to older adults. Recommendations on resorts? I'm eyeing Caribbean Beach, Art of Animation, or Pop, but we also really like Riverside. All right, so what do we think on this? Is it too early to start thinking about booking fall of next year? Mm, definitely not. Nope, most of my recent bookings have been fall of next year. Yeah. You'd be surprised. It's You'd be surprised. People are itching for travel next year. Um, 2022 is jam-packed already. So, um, and with them only booking 50% capacity at this moment, which we expect to change eventually, I think that booking early is not a bad thing. I agree. Uh, you, you're, you're not going to do yourself any harm by booking early. Uh, if if something better as far as pricing comes out between the time you book and the time you travel, if you're booked with a travel agent here at Pixie, then we're going to make sure that we change your pricing. So you're you're pretty much going to get the best deal available and you don't even have to ask us to to check on it. It's it's something when the, the deals come out, the agents pull their folders and, and their files for people traveling during the valid dates of the promotion and we just get on the phone and we change them. We get the better price period. And, and if, if Riverside opens down the road and that's your priority resort, we can always switch you to Riverside, but at least you've secured uh, something that can make you happy mm -hmm. in the interim. Yeah. And then things only get better. Yeah. And with a big group like that, you may want to contact Sharpie or me and we can help you do it. We'd be glad to help. Yeah. We're really good at those big group bookings because dining can be a beast. And if fast passes come back, that can be a beast. So having help would definitely be a good thing for a big group like that. Which, uh, what's your favorite resort on that list? Pop, uh, Art of Animation, Riverside. Caribbean so I Beach. think it depends on it. I would need to know more info for them, like how many people in each room what their budget looks like. Yeah. And what they um, expect out of a resort. Yeah. Um, I, I have no problem with pop. Um, you've got the convenience at Caribbean beach of the Skyliner art of animation. If you do the suites, you're going to have a lot of space with two bathrooms. You know, I can, I can talk up any one of these resorts. Yeah. But also when you look at the price of art of animation, sometimes it's just the same price as going to a deluxe resort. If you're looking at a suite or yeah. And honestly, I would probably, if, if I need a lot of rooms, I have no problem with pop. And if you can get a block and, or at least people near you know, rooms near each other, I think that's a good way to go because. Yeah. Beds and a, and depending and a bathroom. depending on how many rooms you need, we might even be able to do a group. Oh, that's true. Which can benefit you. Yeah. You can check with Lauren or Sharpie and they can help you look into that. And we can definitely book into the fall of 22. All right, moving on, we're going to go to Stephanie. 
And Stephanie asks, would love information on planning a Disney cruise for a multi-gen family trip. Additionally, what ages are good for little kids? How old, like how old do they need to be to really enjoy it? The youngest and final (laughs) two will be born in July and January. So we are planning out. The oldest is five now and we want everyone to enjoy themselves. Individual families may cruise again, but not all and not together. Uh, Sharpie, what do you think on how old should the kids be to have a good time? Um... Uh, if this is a once in a lifetime big family trip, I, I'm going to go with five. Feel free to disagree. We can argue about it. <laughs> Ouch. <laughs> I think three. Okay. Yeah. I'm going to go a little older with Sharpie. I think a couple years more than three. So they can do a little bit more. Mm. Uh, they're going to definitely have fun in the Oceaneers Club. You remember how old our kids were when they went on their first cruise? Yeah. How old? Brooke was uh, four months. Exactly. <laughs> I think it was six. Whatever the limit was, I think it was six, oh, wait. six months. She was October and we went in February. So November, December, January. She was four months. Mm. Yeah. Well, but it's different when the, it, it's different when it's a baby. Yeah. Well, we took them every age. I mean, we took. Yeah. Them I don't rec- I don't think that she got anything out of it, but we yes. enjoyed her. Um, and then a year later, we took her on another cruise. Mm-hmm. Um, well, later that year. And uh, she had her first steps on a Disney cruise. Yeah. Aww. Oh, that's exciting. Yeah. yeah. It was outside of the Walt Disney Theater. Yep. And um, it, we got it on video right in front of the Walt image. It was um, cute. That was really cool. Yeah. So it's important to remember that nursery ages are three months to three years. Um, Oceaneers Lab and Oceaneers Club are ages three to ten. With required Uh, bathroom training. That is correct. Uh, Edge is for the tweens, ages 11 to 13. And then Vibe is for 14 to 18. So that three years plus potty training would be a minimum in for, for mo- if you're like, again, if, if you're, you're going, looking for them to actually correct participate have an experience of some kind. Yeah. I think and five or six, a full family trip with once in a lifetime, multiple family group. I, I would say, I would say minimum of four years old. See, we got them down a year. There you go. (laughs) Still, I would say I would recommend five, but the minute I would say. But I think it depends on what you're looking to get out of the cruise. Mm -hmm. Like, I think it depends on if you guys are looking to, you know, go and the kids are in the kids club and you guys are kind of doing your own thing. Or are you looking to do fun stuff like where you just kind of want to do fun stuff as a family because, Taking a child that's two or three, you can still get a great experience. It just depends on what you want out of that experience. Like if you want the kids to remember it, then I agree. I would go age five, you know, and and to really be able to enjoy the experience. Well, it would be, it would be their only Disney cruise. I mean, she's saying, Stephanie's saying that, you know, they may cruise again. They're going to fall in love with it. Yeah. Once they do it. Yeah. Yeah. But in the scenario, just in case. If it is a one and done, I think you want to have the kid at least five. Yeah. You get great memories. I mean, with the characters and. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Folks, it's a very golden photos. age. The kids are good. Like a three or four year old is going to totally adore the shows. Yeah. The photos with the characters and just they'll, they'll have so much fun and you'll have fun just watching them. But, but it's a different experience at every age. Absolutely. So there we go. There you have it, Stephanie. Next, we're going to go on to Lauren's client, Mary. And Mary has asked, favorite hidden gems of each park? Ideas for a family of adults trip. She's got a few requests here. Uh, Let's start with favorite hidden gems of each park. Lauren, you know you've got one. But is it a hidden gem? I don't know. It could be for someone. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. Depends on I mean, how much we they've all know done. My favorite hidden gem is an Epcot. It is. Is it the same as mine? 
and it's that Grand Marnier slushy. Oh, you love that. <laughs> Steve thought you were going to Italy. I like the Italy pavilion well, where, and where then we go. You have the hidden gem, which is the cave in Italy, Tutto Gusto. That's awesome. That's perfect. Where you can usually find Steve and I if we're there. Yeah. <laughs> yep. Um, hidden but that gem. would definitely be my favorite hidden gem there, you know. And then if you have other gems in other parks. But mine are going to wrap around lounges. Probably. There's a lot of lounges. Lots of great lounges in all the parks mm. and the resorts now. Mm, your, even your, better one. Your new favorite one is over the Grand Floridian, I would I would guess. Enchanted Rose, yes. I still haven't been to that one yet. I bet Sharpie's got a good a one. To get there. Good one over at Animal Kingdom. Oh, love Nomad Lounge. Okay, we're not talking lounges. Sharpie's turn. Oh, hidden gems <laughs> at the. That's a hidden gem. The Nomad Lounge is all totally right. a hidden gem. All and right. you got to get the butternut squash soup. Which is the hidden gem within the hidden gem? Mm. Um, I here, I'm gonna say Rafiki's Planet Watch. Oh, because I like that one. a lot of people skip it, especially yep. since it closed for a while, reopened for a while, closed for a while, reopened for a while. It's kind of been an off and on thing, but uh-huh. I would definitely say it is. Uh, it is a hidden gem. I think there, there's. A re- it's a really cool experience. Take the train out there, get to see different animals and the, all the vet, the vet work and all that stuff. I, I think it's just a really, really awesome experience. I agree with that. Just make sure you have a, about an hour if you're going to go up there. Yep. Hmm. See, we do agree on things in Animal Kingdom. All right, Steve, do you have a hidden gem? Uh, I don't know if there's well, any. Well, you have the cave. Any other hidden gems? There's a ton of things. You have, uh, you do have a lot people of lounges. Mover. Oh, the people movers, just nice and relaxing just to, to, mm-hmm. to take a break. Um, if you're going to a, during a festival, uh, and one of my top things that I learned to do instead of spending money out of my pocket constantly, if you go to food and wine or one of those events is, uh, either put money, I guess, I guess you could use your magic band nowadays. Uh, and just do it that way so you don't feel the pain. Uh, or for us, I would buy one of those Disney gift cards and put it around my wrist with one of those little things and then just scan that every time. It made it more pal- palatable to... Uh, and then you don't feel like you're spending money. It's yeah. free money. It, it, was, it, was more, it was better than uh, taking out $20 every time I went up to a booth. I was like, oh, this is much better. I can, enjoy, I can <laughs> eat what I want and not be like, oh my gosh, that bite of... Food was twenty bucks, um, and plus it's very, very. Uh, it's very, it's just a lot more convenient. Yes. Yeah. Yep. Definitely. Is food and wine going on now, Lauren and Sharpie, or is that not yet? Uh, soon, mid July. Oh. oh, is it uh, is it the end of the art festival, or is it like not, or did I miss? Did I think I miss flower both? gardens or flowering garden. Oh, I think. Let oh, me but, look. Cause we're going to go and I'm excited and I'm going to be in the middle of, I guess I'm going to be, my might be between festivals, which would not be ideal. Like the only time I get to go. That's legit the worst place to be. And I want to, there's so many food things I want to eat. It ends July 5th. Oh, okay. All right, cool. Flow and garden. So I get to, I can go maybe go see some butterflies right at the end. Okay. That's cool. Yeah. Lisa, do you have a hidden gem? You know, I was hoping you would forget about me. Oh, <laughs> hidden gem. I, I never forget about you. Come on, Lisa, out with it. Okay, so what do I like to do? I like, okay, churros. this is silly. Oh, I do love my churros. But silly stuff like hanging out in Dino Land, watching people play games. You know, that's silly, but, and it's not really a hidden gem, but it's something that is kind of off the beaten path. I like the children. Lisa likes to hold fun. hands and skip. I do. Yeah. <laughs> um, I I like, oh, these aren't really hidden gems. These are just things that I like to do. Um, you know, people well, watching. May, may, maybe other people haven't taken the time for them. That's right. Okay. So then I will go with people watching. Fine. You know, go sit on the, the hub grass and relax and watch people. People are see, but cool. I need, I need Plaza ice cream to open up before I'll sit on the hub grass. Oh, did you see my post? It's coming soon. What? No. All right. Hold what on. post? 
I posted it. Hold on. Where? In a place. Far, far away. Yeah. A colleague of mine has shared some information that ice cream, uh, the Plaza Ice Cream Parlor will open July 7th. Seriously? Oh, you're going to miss it. Uh Uh-huh. Sorry. Seriously? You're going to have to hang out for a few days. Now I have to fly back down there. Know how many other ice cream places there are? I guess they're not inside the Magic Kingdom. No, there is nothing like the All-American Sunday with peanut butter. Oh, that's right. Watching the fireworks from the hub grass. All right. So then. Nothing like it. You know what opens tomorrow on the 30th is Casey's Corner on Main Street. Mm. Didn't see that. Okay. And then Trails End. Ice cream. Trails End at the campsites at Disney's Fort Wilderness Resort. Yeah. Uh, That'll open July 17th. Citricose. Any Citricose fans here? Whoop, whoop. Uh, it's been a while. I'm excited for the new menu. Mm-hmm. Uh, so Citricose is going to be opening on July 15th with bookings becoming available on July 1st. And then the, the Dino Diner or the Dino Diner, whichever you prefer, um, that will reopen 4th of July. It's the, the Dino Diner. It's at uh, Animal Kingdom. I assume, right? The Dino Diner? Dino Diner, yes. Okay. I, I was poking fun, sorry. Um, but yeah, uh, ice cream, July 7th. Lauren, it just sounds like another trip for me. Makes me sad. I have to wait till August now. Mm. Well, you never know. I might get you down there. How long is the drive from Fort Lauderdale? Because I'm there July 7th. I think. <laughs> I'd make I, it happen. I think it's like six or seven hours, Steve. It's three. Oh, I don't know. I've done it. It's three? Yeah, it's not far to Lauderdale. What am I thinking then? Yeah, three and You're a half. thinking maybe. like seven from Atlanta to Disney. Yeah. And then it's like an hour to Cape Canaveral. Yeah. I. It might be worth it for an ice cream. You're crazy. You're crazy. And fireworks. And fireworks. Mm, I think they're doing and the fireworks. Goose. I saw I saw some uh, that were testing the fireworks. So I think. I oh, don't it's know ramping up. Yeah. So Well, we're going to be going well, in two days. they're doing the cast member ones. Oh, okay, cool. Yeah. Yeah, they're doing a special show for the cast members tonight. Okay, we are completely digressing. We All right. really need to get through Next. these question chips. Okay. Sorry. All right. So, I, yeah, I don't really have hidden gems. I just have things that are quirky for me. Um, I do think that Harmony Barbershop is a hidden gem and that's on main street over by the firehouse and you can get a kid's first haircut there. You can get any kind of haircut there. They're looking for adult trip ideas though. Hey, I just said anyone can get a haircut. You can get a haircut. I got, (laughs) are you listening? (laughs) I got a haircut there. I'm getting sparkle put in my hair tomorrow. I got that. Disney spas are, I would, I would consider those a hidden gem because not a lot of people do them. Yeah. Yeah. This is true. Okay, so Mary also wants to know about details on the DAS Pass. So, Mary, on this one, I'm going to send you some information. I'll email it over to you tomorrow. Can you give everyone else a 30-second rundown? Yes. So, the DAS is the Disability Assistance System. Uh, Basically, the day you enter the parks for the first time, you just go to guest services inside the park. Um, Let them know you need a, a DAS Pass you have to have the person who needs the pass with you. Uh, they take their picture and it's good for up to six guests. And basically what you do is you go um, to the ride, you tell them you need a, a DAS return time and they scan your magic band and it goes into your My Disney Experience account. And usually the return time is, uh, I think it's 60 minutes past whatever the wait time is. And you can hold more than one once your time ends. Like once you pass a certain amount of time, it's like the old fast pass system. So, but I'll send detail um, information to you on that tomorrow. Okay. We're going on to Katie and Katie wants to know when will the parks and hotels be fully decorated for Christmas? And then we have a follow-up question after that. November 1st. (laughs) Pretty much. You see pumpkins one day and you see Christmas trees the next. Yeah. And the resorts, the resorts follow and they're usually done by Thanksgiving. Yeah. They're not all done by November 1st. Yeah. It's a huge undertaking. It's so impressive. Every day you wake up and there's something new. You can, 
Yeah. I, I remember Lauren, speaking of waking up in something new, you were over at Yacht Club and you woke up and the entire lobby was refurbished. <laughs> oh, that did happen. I know. I that's yeah. It, it was the funniest thing. But that was because we actually watched them unloading the furniture outside the front door and we were like because it was like midnight and we we're like what are they doing uh. and then we didn't think anything of it we came down in the morning the lobby was completely redone we were like oh okay so that's what they were up to <laughs> pixie dust awesome all right and then the hopefully i'm saying this correctly waniyama safari is it worth the extra Wanyama. money Wanyama. Wanyama. Is it worth the extra money and the other safari too, the sunrise one? Sharpie, you know this is your question. Totally Sharpie question. Well, it all depends. <laughs> it's true. Depends on what you're looking for. Um, I I would. Hmm. So is this the regular safari just at a different time of the day or is this a separate thing? Uh, this is, this, this is like a private safari encounter. Okay. Um, that also includes a multi-course meal at Jico. Oh. So the Winyama safari, um, in short, yes, it is definitely worth it. Especially if you love giraffes, you love a copy, you love zebras, uh, you find the Red River hogs adorable, uh, antelope, ostrich, and wildebeest. If you love all of those things, definitely. Uh, it is it is it is a is two oh nine per person. That was the pre COVID cost. I mean, you you're looking at eighteen months. Disney usually raises their price what every nine to ten months. So you can probably expect. You can probably expect that price to be a little higher when it comes when when the availability for it comes back. Uh, now, is this at Animal Kingdom Park or at the lot at the Animal Kingdom Hotel, the the lodge? This is at the lodge. This is at, at Disney's Animal Kingdom Lodge. So okay. th this is out on the the safari there at the resort. Okay, cool. Yeah, and you don't have to be staying at the hotel to partake. You do not. And as far as the Sunrise Safari, uh, at one time that was available exclusively to resort guests, and I, but I have not seen... I'm going to have to do a quick check on that one. I have not seen if it is available to the general public still at this time. That's right, because it was so popular, I remember. That it was only for resort guests when when the when it used to happen the sunrise one. It's hard to know because everything's kind of changed and things haven't gotten a hundred percent back on track. It is no longer offered. It was oh. discontinued before COVID. So. Oh, okay. And, and and to the best of my knowledge, the Winyama replaced it. Oh, okay. Um. But yeah, at one time, Sunrise Safari was exclusive for resort guests. Then it changed. And then, like I said, it became totally unavailable. So I hadn't seen anything about it in a while. So I, I didn't. Uh, the other thing that I would suggest for an adults only group is to definitely, as long as it's open, uh, to do the Wild Africa track at Animal Kingdom. I would definitely recommend that for an adult group. Oh, I do love that. I agree. Yeah. Long time ago. That was great. Is fantastic. All right, Lisa. You enjoy it a lot, especially if you're considering other safari experiences. Mm -hmm. Okay. I think the animals there are amazing. I love them. They're so happy. They seem so happy. We, we mentioned this a, a few months ago that Sharpie got us hooked on that behind the scenes Disney Animal Kingdom mm -hmm. show. Uh, I'm it's sure that's the official fun. name. <laughs> oh yeah, the show is on Disney I, Disney Plus. Yeah, and I I felt like I got to know the animals, and it just what a job, what an awesome job as a caretaker. All right, we're moving on to Danielle. 
She writes, I'm confused about which monorail line is down. Can you take it from Magic Kingdom to Epcot? Is it not running to the resorts? So let's talk monorail. Technically, the monorail does not run from Magic Kingdom to Epcot. It does stop at Ticket and Transportation Center in between where you would switch monorails. But if I'm not mistaken, the monorail from the Ticket and Transportation Center to Epcot is still down. Yes? Yes. Okay. Yep. Yeah, it's, there uh, were recently monorails seen running through Epcot, though. Okay. So you could probably expect, I'm going to say within the next month before, I don't know, maybe August, I would say to see an announcement that it, that, that the monorail line has reopened to Epcot. Makes sense. It's so hard right now because all of this is that Disney's doing testing. They're doing partial rollout. They're, they're doing cast member testing, so you it's just don't still know. very fluid. Yep. So, so the best advice is keep listening, stay tuned. So, and we should say at this moment, there is no monorail access from Polynesian to anywhere. Yeah. Um. Because the Polynesian so right now station it's just the resort loop, but the Poly station is closed right now. That will hopefully change over the summer, but at this moment. Yeah, it won't be forever. Yeah, so still working at the Contemporary, but the Contemporary is getting new rooms. So there's construction going on there, but, but uh, you can still get on and get around. Those new rooms look cool. I guess we'll talk they about do. that later. Well, that's got to be your, well, I got to ask Sharpie. Did you see, because you're an Incredibles fan. You oh, think? yes. Over at the Contemporary, Are you excited about New the uh, Incredibles themed rooms? I, I, I think they're going to be fantastic. Uh, I think the upgrade to fixtures, especially in the bathroom, is much needed. The is oh my gosh! Oh yeah, that's the first yeah. thing I noticed. You have counter because space. The, the floor space in those bathrooms is large for a Disney resort anyway. Mm -hmm. But the difference is they are. It is not a split bath. Where a, a lot of your newer Disney resorts, you have a split bath where the sink is outside the bathroom. So it kind of leaves you a lot of flexibility in getting ready because people can be, you know, brush your hair, brush your teeth, do all, all, all the sink stuff while other people are in either the shower or using the toilet or whatever. So that that's one thing about the... Uh, the contemporary that, that you kind of have to remember, especially for family units, is that you don't have that little bit more of a flexible bathroom situation. So one thing to remember, but nothing major. I mean, you do you have two sinks, you have double double sinks there. So and finally, some counter space, much, much needed update there. Yeah, I love the counter space because it was very inconvenient before. There was nowhere to put anything. No. Nothing. Yeah. So much needed. And the lobbies are uh, going to be redone at the Contemporary 2, uh, which I think definitely much needed there. So that'll be so nice. So when you check in there. Okay. Sorry, I took us off the, off the questions. What's next? Okay. So next. Um, okay. So this is going to be an interesting one. My family and I are good. This is from Sarah. My family and I are going to Disney World in March. We are staying off property for the first time. We are going to rent a car, but what are some of the challenges that go along with staying off property? Any tips to help? Thanks. Okay, so my first tip is book on property. Mm-hmm. Well. Does that work? No. Okay. Um, so if they're going to rent a car, I think you're going to enjoy the freedom of the car versus the shuttle from that off-site property. If there is a shuttle, uh, you're, you're not at someone's mercy. And some of those shuttle schedules are pretty blah, uh, very limited certain hours, like a three hour period in the morning and a three hour period at night with no room in between. So. So, yeah, so you, you have to pay for parking. So take yeah. that into, into account. So when you're going to the parks. How much is parking these days? Like 20? 
Mm, I think it's more. I'll look it up. We'll look it up while we're talking. So So one thought really quick on staying off property. The one thing you should realize is, is that when it says one mile from Disney property does not necessarily mean that you're only a minute to get to the park. You could still have a 30 minute ride ahead of you each way. Yeah. So, and the traffic on I-4 is a train wreck. So just kind of know that going in and allow time for that because if you have little ones and you want to go back for naps and things like that, you know, it could take you an hour to get to the car and then 30 minutes to get back to your hotel minimum. So just kind of track all that because you could be spending a lot of time going back and forth if you are planning on going back to, during the day for, for naps and stuff. Yeah. So that's a big thing to consider when you're staying off property. Yep. Yeah. And yeah. And I, I did just check. It's $25 for Epcot, Magic Kingdom. They're all the same. Yeah. Yeah. They're all yeah. The, for the park pop, park parking. <laughs> oh yeah. My gosh, and someone if, else talked. And if you were staying on property, the buses or the uh, transportation drops you off usually right at the front. So like at Magic Kingdom, it'll drop you right at the front. Um, if you're driving, you're going to park in the parking lot. Uh, and I don't think that, I don't know if the trams are running yet, but no. So, and then you're going to get to the front and then you're going to take a monorail or the boat, the ferry boat over to the park. Uh, so it's a little more of a, you know, it's like this, yeah, it's just, it's fun on the way in and it's a little more involved, um, to, you know, build the suspense, but, uh, on the way out, it's a little, when you're carrying your kids, it's kind of a haul. Yeah. So just remember that. Yeah. Okay. So some advantages. Let's get some advantages. Um, I think the best advantage is value for what you get. When you're staying off property, you can get um, better pricing for larger accommodations. And this is especially great if you have um, larger families that maybe want two bedrooms or they want separate sleeping quarters for the kids versus the adults where you actually have partitions between you so something like that Um, well i would say i don't know it depends i i mean i think it depends yeah it 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 depends on both of those i would say the only advantage of having the car either on or off property is it lets you like if you want to go eat somewhere else that's not on property and maybe save a little money so like we might because we know the area we might go to um like, uh, what is it? Ale house. Ale house. <laughs> yeah. So, mm. uh, yeah. So I might go somewhere. That sounds good. I might go somewhere yeah. close. Yeah. And the other thing too, you have to think about, um, that we didn't mention is, um, linking your reservation and your tickets yeah. takes a lot of extra steps. Yeah, that's true. There are definitely a lot of disadvantages to staying off property. Um, and I'm, I'm trying to play both sides and, and come up with some true advantages. Um, and you know, I'm, I'm a Disney girl through and through. So well, I like, I, I, like, I um, like staying on property and I love the convenience of the, yeah. the onsite transportation. You don't need to rent a car. You don't need to pay, um, well, yeah, you're not park paying parking, parking, but you're going to pay resort parking. Yeah. You're not paying for parking. Um, you have your, all the transportation at Disney world and you're in the bubble as I guess is you're always in the Disney you don't go to an outside hotel and have all kinds of weird problems or it's like you're going from reality back to the fantasy world and back when sometimes I feel like when I stay off property. Yeah. I think some of my biggest disappointment or my biggest frustration when I am staying off property is like you were saying earlier is the distance. You know, when you leave that park, you're exhausted and then you have to drive to your hotel. That's, it's frustrating. So. Um, yeah, it's tiring. So those are my thoughts. Sharpie, did you chime in here? Yeah, I, I was, I was going to say one thing to remember with staying off property is that you may be saving out of pocket, but what it costs you to save out of pocket, you spend in time, uh-huh. uh, with navigation, <laughs> with fuel. Um, there, there, there's a, there's a lot of hidden non-monetary costs associated with staying off property. Well, in all honesty, time is money when you're at Disney. Yeah. Yep. Exactly. Um, literally, yeah. you pay for that park time. 
Well, it's deceiving too, because the off-property resorts will, will, will give you this price. And then you, when you actually stay there, there's a, all these other fees that you don't know about. Um, right. There's resort fees off property. There's like a ton of fees, uh, a lot of those places. And then and you're like, fees, yeah. And, and then, and Disney has value resorts that offer the, the Disney magic, the transportation. And then uh, once things get going again, um, you know, it's easier to plan fast passes. It's, uh, um, they usually will have extra magic hours and things like that. So we'll, we'll see hopefully all of those type things coming back. Um, and I don't know, I just, I, I feel like if I, when I used to stay off property years ago, it's just harder to get in and out and everybody to get ready and, and, and going, um, versus when you're right there, you go down and you're in the magic, you're having breakfast with the characters and, it's just you're never out of that whole bubble of Disney magic. And if anything goes wrong, you're always, you know, the hotel is part of Disney. Uh, the parks are part of Disney. You're, you're all in everything's in this own little nice package. So anyway. What is next? The wrap up. Oh, there's one more or is that it? The wrap up. That's the, it. Oh, that was it. That's all I show. Oh, wait. Did I did I hit them all, Lauren? Nope. Oh, Lisa. Well, on. it it came to me via email, and then I went through them all. But then, okay, you want me to do the next one? No, I've got them. I saw the little button that said "Show more." I'm like, oh no, there's more. Okay, so Rochelle says we've been doing Disney as adults for years. Now we are taking our three year old for a week. Where do we stay? This well, is another it depends question. Yeah, it so much. We need more information. Um, and it can be as simple as with a three-year-old, you want to spend a lot of time in the Magic Kingdom. So a monorail resort is a, a good choice if you can afford it. Um, or do you have a budget in mind? You're not going to spend any time in the hotel, so you'd rather go cheaper. Right. And being at some of those value resorts, it's so much fun for a little kid with those larger-than-life icons. It's cool. Yeah, the kids love the value resorts. Yep. Yeah. So you can't go wrong with that. Yep. It, it, everything is just so impressive to a yeah, three-year-old. You can do either. So you really can't go wrong. And like Lauren said, are you going to spend a lot of time in the room? Do you need to go back for nap time? Or is the, the child okay sleeping in a stroller for a nap? I personally would want to cool off depending on when you go. But yeah. there's a lot more to this question. Yeah. Uh, there are more questions more. to your question. <laughs> yep. hundred percent. Yeah. Reach out to one of us. We'll help you. <laughs> yeah. There's, there's got to be a conversation on this more than Definitely just a flat a answer. Okay. So then Christy asks, looking for tips for a mother daughter trip with an eight year old. First trip, not bringing dad along. Okay. Oh, fun. Have you guys done the tea time? I forget what it's even called anymore. I think you have over at the Grand Floridian. Princess. It's tea with Aurora. Tea party. I don't know if that's still going, you know, everything's changed. Right now it's not going on, on, um, depending on when they're looking to go. That would be a great thing to do. Um, Cinderella's Royal Table would be a great thing to do. Um, If she's into princesses, is that cuspier where you may still have that princess time going on? you know, when Bippity Boppity Boutique opens up, that's another great thing to do. Oh, yeah. For experiences. And that's over it's at not currently open, but Magic Kingdom and over at Disney Springs. Mm-hmm. So they could do that at either. So, and if she's into Star Wars, there's plenty of Star Wars things you can do. Depends on the, on, again, this is probably another conversation to see what kind of characters and what you guys are into. And, and that's something that, you know, yeah. yeah you can you definitely like, give more advice mm-hmm. based on all depends on, on the eight year old. Yeah. Yep. If you love toy story, there's options there. You love star Wars. There's options there. Princesses, princessy, non princessy, yeah. character, yeah. characters, character meals. Yeah. There's all yeah. you can. Yeah. And it depends yeah, on their level of magic room categories that if you're into princesses, you know, when, when that opens back up, you have Riverside that has the princess rooms. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I, you know, I feel like we're failing some of these answers, but there's no easy way to answer yeah. them. We definitely need more. It's intel. a conversation. 
And, and again, either Sharpie or Lauren can help answer those questions. Uh, it just definitely needs to be a, we need to qualify a lot of things. All right, which next one? Okay, so the next one is from Jeremy. We are looking at a spring trip, but room prices are much higher than expected right now. Do you expect any improvement or changes in room prices in the coming months? <laughs> no. <laughs> yeah. Unfortunately. There are some limited promotions. Well, yeah. Through September. Yeah, we haven't had 29. anything close to spring. So if and I don't think we're going to see much for the fall. Yeah, Disney puts the promotions out when they need to sell. discount come out and three rooms will be available to book on. <laughs> yeah. The fact, I don't I don't see any anything decent coming for the fall. Yeah, rooms it's are It's going to be like if you want to come between October 17th and 19th, we'll give you a discount. <laughs> yeah, everything's booking up. And no early arrival and no late departure. Um, but he's looking for spring. So here's the thing about spring. I would say we will see a discount come out for spring. Um, I think uh, the prices are high. I think Disney is trying to make up for money lost and uh, can't blame them. But uh, I do think we'll see a discount for the spring. Don't you guys? Yeah, there's always something. But like you said, um, it's it's time frames that they need to fill and room categories that need to, they need to fill. and. It's straight business. It's um Yeah, it's, that's what determines the discounts. Yeah, so it, and right now um airlines are busy. Um I I was looking at sandals and beaches today first, for this first week in November, Jamaica's almost sold out. I know it's the entire island of Jamaica. It's crazy. Yeah, literally. Uh we talked to Universal a couple weeks ago and they were like if you can find a room and somebody wants it, put a hold on it because it won't be it, there. It won't be there yep. and it'll be booked up because Halloween Horror Nights is coming and everybody's booking up all the rooms. Um, same with Disney. So if you're looking for something. So, yes. Jeremy, I think what the, our best advice on this question is book what you can afford that you're comfortable with, not necessarily that you can afford, but what's in your budget and what you're comfortable to spend. And then watch for a promotion to drop. And again, if you book with Pixie, you will, um, you know, we price watch. So it's something, you know, you don't even have to worry about watching. And then if a promo comes out, then you can always explore looking at different resorts if you did want to change. Yeah. So that's my best advice on that. Yeah. And then you're, you're what you're comfortable with and hope for a discount. Yeah. And then you're locked in with something at least. And then if the yep. discount comes out, we always move you um, to the cheaper price. And know that you have a long time to make payments. Yeah. Yeah. yeah and that's exactly. an advantage as well. Yeah. And you can start, you can pay it off in pieces if you want. Good advice. What's next? Okay. Next we have. We have Summer, and we, she asks, I'm a local, and I have no idea if reservations are still required ahead of time to visit the parks. I miss Disney so much, and I haven't renewed my annual pass just yet because of the headache of reserving everything and anything. Also, is park hopping allowed again? Okay, I can handle one. Oh, and love the podcast. Park hopping is allowed. I'll take that one. Um. How does it work? But it's restricted. Yeah. So you would buy your ticket and go into that um, that park. You still have to make your park reservation for a park. And then based on availability starting at 2 p.m., yeah. you may hop to another park based on availability. So it's kind of like making a second park reservation in midday. Hopefully that explains it clearly enough. Lauren, how do you... How do you uh, actually make the reservation, Lauren? You know, like using your phone. Lauren. Oh, I lost oh, Lauren. I'm sorry. I was muted. I, I figured I you were. <laughs> so, I was talking away. So, <laughs> if, yeah. So if they want to actually do it, what's the process of making the reservation? You don't make a reservation for the hopping. No. Um, yeah, correct. Yeah. You can check the app uh, just to make sure the park is open and head over. Okay. And then, but, but for the reservation for the park without the hopping piece. Oh, in the morning. Yeah. You do actually need to make a park reservation ahead of time. 
And you just use the My Disney Experience? Yep. You can go into your My Disney Experience and uh, it's pretty self-explanatory. You just go under where it says you just kind of hover under My Disney Experience and click Make Park Reservation. Cool. Brings up a calendar. You pick the date. You pick the park and confirm. Okay. So. I think that covers that. Uh, Sorry about the headache. Yeah. Sorry about the headache. Um, and then annual passes, um, they're, they're not offering those yet. Nope. And I would venture to guess that they're not going to offer those until park reservations and um, restrictions on, on the park capacity, all that's lifted. Once yeah, you, I feel like closer to the end of the year for APs. Yeah. When you have an AP, um, they want to make sure you're getting value for your purchase and they can't guarantee that right now, especially since a lot of AP holders go last minute and it's, it's, it could turn into a headache. Yeah. When they get to a hundred percent capacity, APs will be back. Yeah, absolutely. Cool. Okay. Moving on. Uh, we go to Jen and this is another of Lauren's clients. We want to do a universal a couple of days and then head to Disney. Our question is, if we fly and want to go to the parks before, can we check in or before we can check in, what can we do with our luggage? And this one's easy peasy. Lauren, why don't you do that one? Oh, I like easy ones. So this one, Jen, you just uh, have Bell Services, hold your bags and go play. It's easy. Um, Just a public service announcement. If you do check bags at um, Bell Services, it is customary to tip upon, you know, using their services. So let me ask you guys, do you tip when you drop off, when you pick up or both? Both. Both. No, you guys are good. <laughs> Steve, well, what... I, they're never the same person. I never I want somebody to not get a tip. Good yeah. job. And honestly, the work is the same both ways. Mm-hmm. You guys so. are, that's good. All right. I feel like if I can be there and do it, I should tip. Okay. Right? Okay. Um, let's see. What do I have next? We're going to Aaron, another one of Lauren's clients. Lauren, I think this was a setup. <laughs> no, it wasn't. <laughs> okay. Hi, Aaron. For those of us used to Disney World, what are the biggest differences to consider when planning a Disneyland trip? Favorite restaurants that aren't at Disney World, that don't exist at World? We could do a show on this. We actually should do a show on this. I like this topic. Yeah. Uh, I mean, I think we all are huge fans of Disneyland. And yep. you, you already know that we're fans of Disney World. Yeah. And we could talk... Or half Definite. an hour easily. Yeah. I think maybe we should, Aaron, can you sit tight on this one and we'll, we're going to do a show on it. I think we should do a show. What do you guys think? Yeah. Yeah. That sounds yep. good. I mean, I know Sharpie right. could talk for half an hour on this. Just him. Well, we promise we'll do it <laughs> unless something crazy goes on next week. We'll do it like soon. <laughs> I like that. Um, and then Jen wrote, I know Jen. Um, with a possible announcement of Run Disney Races coming back, do you have any tips? To getting a bib. And we pretty well covered that. Um, yeah. Sorry, Jen. We there's no secret. totally covered it. Yeah. There's no secret magic wand or anything. Um, you, you're just in the trenches with everyone else trying to get one. Early. I mean, that's all I can say is the earlier and the more frequently you try, the better your chances. Yeah. As soon as you know it's coming, just go for it first thing. All right. So, Rochelle, did we have this question or was it just similar? Doing our first trip uh, with our three-year-old. Same question. Is it same person? No, different person. Okay. But, uh, same question. Okay. Doing our first trip with our three-year-old, we've only done Disney without kids. Where do we stay? Is it safe to say that this is another conversation that needs to be had? Mm-hmm. Finding out more about the kid, the budget, what they plan to get out of their, sort out their your trip. priorities. Yeah, do we need an app? So, call Lauren or Sharpie, and they can is help that for you. The, is the app for the adults or the kids? 
Uh, both, generally. Yeah. Hmm. 100%. All right. And with that, um, Rochelle, call one of them. They'll help you. Um, with that, I'm going to wrap up the show. That does it. And I'd like to thank Pixie Vacations for sponsoring the podcast. If you have comments or questions, you can send those to us at comments at mousechat.net. Thanks so much for listening. Please join us again next time on Mouse Chat. <laughs>